0: Yeah. So error is, oh. Rebellion is, I know, and I don't care, I'm doing it anyway. But it, and it can come so strong, which can actually have demonic, literally leave you with demonic attachments where you're, you're like, I know it, I don't care, and I don't care what you say. That's a whole nother level, and you can get, you can get some friends that will hang out with you then. Friends you're not going to like. So there's different levels of attack. There are different levels of sin, okay? And somewhere in the middle there, there's bondage. Listen to me, I'm making this quick. No one ever quits sinning. You have to be delivered from sin. You have to be set free from sin. You have to be saved from sin. If you've come here time after time and said, I'm not gonna do that anymore. Yeah, you probably are. Because if you could quit sinning, you don't need Jesus. Okay? You have to be freed from sin. You have to say, I hate looking like this. And there comes opportunities, and I'm an evangelist. That's what I do. And they don't come around really often as strong as this word. Jesus says, you know what? Tonight, I want to snip some things in people's lives. I want to snip some things that they've carried around for a long time that are hidden. Doesn't mean you don't love Jesus, but there's some things that God's going to snip tonight. Is that phenomenal news? The definition, and what John does is he he covers the first half of his book, which is what we're really going to focus on, which is error and bondage. And the second half of his book is dedicated to those individuals who just don't want to be different. They flat out don't want to be different. And I like the passion translation. and. It does have some different doctrinal things in it from time to time that I'm like, "Eh, not too sure, you know. And of course, no other translation has that. But I really like this one, and this is where he talks about sin, and I love the team and how they translated this. So just listen to this. Anyone who indulges in sin lives in moral anarchy. Talking about rebellion. This is what a a person living in condemnation, headed to condemnation, sounds like. Anyone who indulges in error, indulges in sin, lives in moral anarchy. For the definition of sin is breaking God's law. And you know without a doubt that Jesus was revealed to eradicate sins, and there's no sin in Him. Anyone who continues to live in union with Him will not do that. They will not sin. But the one who continues sinning hasn't seen him with discernment or known him by intimate experience. Dear, delight. this is verse 7, "'Delightfully loved children, don't let anyone divert you from this truth. The person who keeps doing what is right proves that he's righteous before God, even as the Messiah is righteous. But the one who indulges in a sinful life is of the devil.' Because the devil's been sinning from the beginning. In fact, the reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. Verse 9. Everyone who is truly God's child will refuse to keep sinning because God's seed remains within him. And he's unable to continue sinning because he's been fathered by God himself. Here's how God's children can be clearly distinguished from the children of the evil one. Anyone who does not demonstrate righteousness and show love to fellow believers is not living with God at his source. You don't get any better than that definition. For those, if they're in this room or watching online, and you're looking at me saying, yeah, nobody's perfect, of course I do this and do that, but oh, yeah, who's you to judge, and you give all these remarks which says I'm not going to change, good luck. Good luck. But for those of you who say, I love Jesus with all my heart, and every couple months, man, this thing comes after me, and I live in condemnation and shame and guilt and regret. And I want victory so bad, I can't stand it. This is what John says. John chapter 1. He begins the first four verses with context. We're going to have verses 5. We're going to begin in verse 5 and 6, and then we're going to look at verse 8 and 9. <coughs> Excuse me. But he begins in the first four verses talking about the person of Jesus. And then he comes down to verse 9, and he says, sin is really easy to talk about. God is light. In him, there's no darkness at all. If you claim to have fellowship with Him, yet you walk in darkness, you're a liar and don't live by the truth. Here's another way to say it. Listen, God is this, He is not that. If you claim to hang out with Him, and yet you're living in that, something is clearly not right and you need to be honest with yourself. God is this, and I don't look like that. And it keeps coming around. And I want to be honest about myself. I don't like that. I don't want that. And if you have that opportunity, this is what's so beautiful. Verse 8. If we, that's plural, claim, that's a verb in the present tense, which means it applies to all of us, those who are reading, those who are hearing, including you and I. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If anyone in this room says, I'm completely without any form of error, I'm perfect, just waiting to go to heaven, we should talk after the service. I have no room to grow. I'm perfect. You should talk to the DS after service. Okay? Because from time to time, God's going to reveal areas of your life where you're in error that you didn't even know was there. So first off, if you say, I'm good, I'm perfect, I have nothing going on, and maybe you are in a season where, man, you're living right in God's victory and all this stuff and it's great. But from time to time, he's gonna reveal things in you and it's gonna be small adjustments, small attitude changes. Right recently, he's revealed that I've been holding on to my son. And he gets so tired of like, you used to be so cute and now you're not. Because he was little, and now he's big and hairy. That's the problem with (laughs) teens. They're awesome, but you grow up, and you get big and hairy. You guys do too, but I mean, my point is, is that, and I've I've ordered his life for so long. And he's not mine. That's, That's a new thing for me. And you're like, oh, you're not, you're not that dad, are you? Uh, yeah, um, but not for very long. I didn't grow up with a dad. I didn't have a dad in my life. So I'm learning how, what it means to be a father. Young married couples, you're learning how to be married. By the way, that happens periodically. <laughs> One day you're going to get up and be like, oh, that didn't used to happen. Yeah, there's growth. And you look at, I mean, just evolving error, not rebellion, error. But once God puts his finger on that and you continue to live in that, an error that you just continue to do, there's problems that happen. God wants to change that. Here's a beautiful thing. Verse 9, last thing. He says, if we confess those things, if we confess our sins, those are the errors he's talking about, he is faithful and just, and not only forgive us of our sins, but purify us from all unrighteousness. Here's what he says. If you claim to be without error, you've got issues. You need to be honest with yourself. But if you say, yeah, there's this thing that's been surfacing in my life Man, every time I get around my, my, my mother-in-law, every time I, I drive my car, there's some things that I haven't been dealt with a long time, and man, there's some hurts that I've had, and blah, 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 on and on and on, whatever that is. If we confess those things, I have that. He is faithful and just, not just to forgive you, he's always going to forgive you when you ask, but he will cleanse you of that. Hold on, you mean, I'm no longer a boy on a string, dude. I am growing like a weed. I'm I'm Jeremiah Bull. I'm growing like a weed. I'm maturing, finally, (laughs) at 50. I'm growing. For those of you who raised your hand, and those of you who didn't, here's a, for those of you who didn't, I want to pray, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come He's a person who knows you better than you know yourself. He knows how to pray for you in ways that you don't even know how to pray for yourself. And we're going to ask him if you're willing. I love what he, I love what he prayed. That is, that is the will of God for tonight's service. I have no doubt. I mean, I can lead a horse to water. Would you ask him? And I I just honestly assume you already know, but would you ask him, what area of my life needs to go? You're like, could it be eating habits? Yes. About a year and a half ago, he took television out of my life. Oh, I was like, that's like the last good thing. I'm old and fat, I, I don't have much else, food. I didn't even bring that up to him. And I don't watch bad television. He's just like, for this season, I I don't want you to do that. For me, that would be sin. Why? Because I'd be telling him no. I like the eight-hour run of Deadliest Catch. It's fun. What's he talking to you about? I was at a revival recently, and and a young man who was an athlete. I mean, athlete, stud football player, senior in high school, going into his senior year, going to be an All-American basketball player, called to ministry. Everyone was thrilled but mom and dad. Isn't that interesting? And I'm sitting there listening to him. Sports aren't everything. I'm like, please do not bring up my name. You need to ask him. You have the same Holy Spirit in you that I do. I don't need words for that. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are the one who came up with this. On the way here, you're the one who told me. You confirmed it from the heart of our leader on this district. I know I heard you, I sense your presence. You love us, you want us to be free. And, Father, I hear it very clearly. For some in this room, the stuff that we need to be free from is not bad. It's just not you. There's things you want to take out of our life tonight that are not sinful. They're not evil. They just don't have any place in the, they don't, how do you say it? They don't have, there's no room for that in the place you're taking us. Would you come, Father? I know you want to do it. You're the one who've orchestrated this. It's a cry of my heart to be in the middle of what you're doing and participate with my Father about your business. Holy Spirit, reveal. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If he's speaking to you tonight, and it's very clear, this is a growth thing. Would you stand up just where you're at? I love you. Some of you are going to be called the ministry. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else? Don't panic. If you're a leader and you love Jesus and you're living right, I don't care if you go to this church or not, I want you to go to the people that are closest to you. You might just need to turn and just appropriately put your hand on them, and we're going to come into agreement. Would you do that? Are there some leaders in here that would be willing to do that, that love people? Jack, help me out over there, will you, brother? You too, mom. i forget their names. You two in the back, would you help me out there on the, I trust you both. We need a couple people over here in the back, over there. I love you, bud, thank you. Yeah, you two can go and help. We good? I think a couple over here as well. Here's, here's what we're gonna do. Um, the very act of standing up is confession. Where two or three are gathered, dude, and those of you online, I love you're listening. This is why we have a body. You're not meant to do this alone. Where two or three are gathered, things happen. So when they stand up, that's one. God makes two. You and I make three. It's a big category of three. So what we're going to do is we're going to come into agreement with what God has already ordained this evening and we're just now learning about. So in your own language, quietly, you can kind of pray about this. But Father, we love you. And I come into agreement right now, and I hear, I just, I'm just gonna say it, Lord, I hear very specifically, there's several in this room that are learning to hear you at this moment because you've been faith, they've been faithful to respond to you. The beginning of all hearing you speak is in obedience, and I respond in obedience. And Father, also, it's not just those who are standing, it's those who are praying, because they're being obedient and going to be used in ministry. I thank you for what you're doing here in this church, in this. This is a new day for this church. They have a ministry that you're going to be opening their eyes to over the coming months. They have have significance in this community. This is not a spectator sport, Lord. This is not just I come to church and I wish our church would grow. This is not a spectator thing. You don't say that in a, you don't say that, Lord, in a condemning, scolding way. But we need to participate. We need to be a body that that is available. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we come into agreement with whatever strings you wanna cut in the name of Jesus. We come into agreement, Father, with your, the revelation of freedom in this moment, of prisoners being set free, of captives being released. And I exercise, along with this group, the authority that we have right now in Jesus and we cut those strings and we command all hereditary, all oppressive, demonic attachments and oppression to let go and come out right now in the name of Jesus. You have no more legal right. There's been confession, and now there's freedom. And we say, go, in the name of Jesus. And just under your breath, say, in the name of Jesus, let me go. In the name of Jesus, let me go. And so, Father, we just, we rejoice in you in the things that are going to take place in the days to come. And when the enemy comes back, it's going to be very clear, Lord, because it's coming from without, it's not coming from within. And we give you glory and praise. This was not on my radar tonight, but I'm so happy. You are literally astounding. We are your children, and this is your deal. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. And I, I didn't mean to lie, that was 40 minutes. That's the quickest 40 minutes ever, wasn't it? That's unbelievable. Um, it has been an absolute privilege to be here. Hey, really quickly, um, you have people in your life that love you, and I, I just, man, it's, that's a huge deal for you to stand up, and it's a huge deal for those of you to pray. That's that's ministry. That's what it means to be a minister. When you're listening and when God tells you to go, if you can't do it in here, you're never going to do it at Walmart. So this is where we practice. This is where you practice on each other. (laughs) You know? It's where you just, you're listening. I'm telling you, you're going to be in a service one time and the Lord's going to say, yeah, go pray with that person. And you better do it. And just go over and put your arm around him and say, dude, I love you. I just, And that's prayer. Man, I love you. Man, I care about you. The Lord just highlighted to me, can I pray for you? And sometimes it's just to go say hi to someone. Sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that. that, that that's, I have glimpses of that. I remember glimpses of that 20 years ago when I was here, when you guys were blowing up at the seams. You have a purpose. Like there's a DNA in you. And you feel great, (laughs) like it feels good to be here, you stoic, Marshfield people. (laughs) I'm going to come back, and they're going to be jumping up and down in worship and running up and down the aisles. Yeah, people's going to be throwing out hips. It's going to be fantastic, man. Um, You've been extremely gracious. I love uh, Fred and, and Carol, Cheryl. We go way back. Very good friends. And um, so I love them, and and just I I love what God's doing in your church, and uh, are all hearts clear? And if if God spoke to you tonight, go tell somebody. You don't have to get in the nitty-gritty. They don't want to hear it, and you don't want to tell it. But go up to them tonight and say, that was so good for me tonight. And it wasn't about Jeremiah, and it wasn't about Dr. Phil. It was about, it was God spoke to me tonight, and I feel different. In fact, really quickly, if you're cool with it, who actually, I feel different. Raise your hand. Like, I feel different, man. I feel different. That's such a good feeling. It's such a good thing. I love you guys. Would you close us in prayer, Pastor? I love you, Fred.
1: A couple things. Uh, Ushers, did you take an offering tonight? Yeah, okay. Why don't you get ready? Uh, And, uh, and, and why don't you start passing the plates now, and I got one other thing to say. We, we have a couple. Jeremiah, you have been talking about making a difference at Walmart. Yes. We have got a couple here who work at Walmart. They are not able to be with us tonight in the service. Uh, so they knew last night was their last night to be here. And they said, we just want to tell you, we see God working at Walmart. They said, we got a guy there that he, he's addicted to drugs and it's even hard to understand his, him speaking because he slurs and all this. And, and, and they said, he's changed. Wow. Like he's, he's not doing drugs. And then they said, there's a, a female employee there in the back who um, is talking about revival. And she was mentioning this church saying, there's revival. <laughs> <laughs> That's happening at Walmart. All right. So, so uh, what you said earlier, like right at the beginning about going to Walmart and praying and all that stuff, you can do that. I'm not going to stop you. I think the Holy Spirit might just send you. So there is stuff happening at Walmart. Praise God. Spiritual stuff. We rejoice in the Lord. All right? Um, Would you stand with me? Praise God. He's good. He's good. We thank you, God. Thank you for your faithfulness. The testimony of the saints. God is faithful. the stories we can tell of the faithfulness and the goodness of God and the seasoned saints who are longing to see younger people rise up and walk by faith and take steps of obedience that seem like a big step, a challenge in their life. But we know where that can take them. Or maybe we don't know where it could take them. Maybe it's beyond what we could understand in this moment, but we would be thrilled to watch that. So, God, I pray. I pray for the seasoned saints tonight. I pray that our prayers would energize the ministry of the kingdom through this church. That, God, um, we, we would have dreams and visions and we would begin to understand what you're trying to do, and and we would see it clearer, and we would claim those things for the sake of the kingdom, that we would see um, souls that we would be willing to become pregnant for, and we would put them before the throne every single day. People who need Jesus, people who need their lives changed, but they're in bondage, they're held captive by sin right now. But you would use us. And and our prayers would become a cry for their salvation. I pray for that, God. I pray for middle-aged adults. And, Lord, I pray you'd help them to persevere in the, in the daily responsibilities of, of, uh, of raising children and the challenges that arise, many unexpected, and the, and the financial needs in their lives and their marriage to continue to grow. I pray, Lord, you would hold them steady under Satan's attack in this world, and you would help them to rise in courage and faith to just live out what you are calling them to do in their busy lives. I pray, God, for high school and college-age students. I lift them to you, Lord, in this, in this world that doesn't have a good identity, that you would protect them from the lies of the enemy, and you would focus them on you and what you have for them, the good plan, the, the full life that is ours only through Christ. I pray you would help them to make those decisions to follow God no matter what. And that you'll, you'll strengthen them as they do, and you'll bond them together, that they walk this together, not alone. I pray, God, for children, and I pray, Lord, that you would bless them. I pray that this church's ministry to children would, would teach them how to follow Jesus, would lead them to the Savior, would, would uh, challenge them to begin to take steps of using their spiritual gifting and, and blessing other people and obeying their parents and learning and growing at their ages, that, Lord, we would be able to watch that and rejoice in that as we see that heaven is being enriched as the next generation chooses to follow Jesus, and we know there's great potential there that only you fully understand. We, we ask for that, God. Yes, Lord, would you enlarge our territory? Would you do what only you can do? And would you use us now, even as we go, that that you have stirred us, you've revived, you've you've caused things to happen in us, decisions and commitments. Lord, help us now to go live that, I pray. It's gonna show up at school tomorrow. It's gonna show up at work. It's gonna show up in our homes. It's gonna show up in our neighborhoods. It's gonna show up at our family gatherings. Lord, we give you permission to flood over us, fill us, and spill out of us for your glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. And God's people said, Amen and amen. You're dismissed. God bless you as you go.